going into my basketball. Every time I rock, man, this is how we rap around. Peace to my man. Now we got the camera out. Every time I spit it, cross over the all right. Hello, everyone. This is Josh, also known as Yash, and you're tuning into episode 58 of the TOI Talks podcast. As mentioned before, and like a whole lot of other ones, you can get on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Buzzsprout, wherever you, you get, wherever you get like a podcast, uh, like platform and all that to tap in and check out. And, you know, we're definitely going to get started from here and all that. And for this uh, one, we have like this polarizing, amazing artist, you know, from Toronto and all that who infuses trap, metal, and hip-hop, like, within all these sounds, has released, like, a variety of projects called Everyone's Cooler Than You, Avant-Garde Hood Classic, My Angel Debra has done, like, the Gorilla Gorilla tour, like, all over Ontario and Quebec and all that, and, you know, is, like, one of the most, like, rising artists to blow and all that. We have uh, Calvin Moon in the building. How are you doing today, man? Yo, what's up? I'm doing great, bro. Finally here. <laughs> Yo, sick. Yeah, man. <laughs> the, like, the vibe is here for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I had to, like, definitely, like, tap in with your sound and all that, too, and just, you know, getting that energy going. And, like, when I first heard of your sound, you know, it kind of reminded me more, like, City Morgue, JPEG Mafia and all that. Mm. Some Ski Mask, like, the Slump God here and there, too. And, you know, a lot of the projects are kind of unique, too, because it started off, you know, with this whole, like, conscious vibe and all that, this whole, like lo-fi hip-hop vibe and then like it amped up to the whole to the whole like punk sound and all that with the punk metal trap and like sound and all that and you know just kind of work from there and all that yeah yeah but like when it comes to my music i could say that like i it like i feel like we all have like some form of rage inside of us and we just need different outputs and like mine is just so happens to like work with music but if I had to say anything when it comes to inspirations, like, growing up, I didn't listen to anything, like, crazy. Unless if it was, like, on MTV or something with, like, some heavy metal shit. But, like, I don't remember any of the names. But, like, if I have to say any anybody that, like, kept me going through, like, the dark times through music, it would have to be, like, fucking, like, Katy Perry or something. <laughs> like, you know? Because, yeah. like, that's what's, <laughs> what was gripping me as a child, you know? Yeah, I think the Teenage Dream album was, like, probably, like, one of the best projects she ever released Yeah, for a very long time and all that. I think it's, like, one of the classics. I mean, that shit hit after hit life. after hit and all that. Like, it's better than any other project that she actually dropped and all that. So. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Mine as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> nah, for sure, you know. Yeah. We'll definitely get it started right here, you know. So, um, you grew up in uh, Toronto, correct? Yes, sir. So, where did you uh, grow up, and what was like the environment like for you growing up at that end? Would you had like a would you say you had like a good childhood at that time, or was it like different? Oh, uh, when it comes to Toronto, I would say that like so coming from Toronto, I grew up with. Okay, wait, hold on. Sorry. Uh, so. When it comes to Toronto, I come from Mississauga, but my whole career and everything that I've done work-wise is from Toronto. So, like, I say most artists say they're from Toronto because it's just easier to say than if you're from, like, Whitby or something, right? So I came from, like, the most, I would say, no offense, the most blandest part of Ontario, which is Mississauga. And I sort of found myself in Toronto, you know? And my journey started from just constantly DMing every promoter, asking them, hey, how like how can I get on a show? How can I do this? How can I do that? Connecting with every artist. And then I found like this one show called uh, Six Z and they had a show on a rooftop. We almost broke the roof. 
And yeah, ever since then, it was history. Like I just started connecting with every artist within Toronto. And then it's like most of my day is spent in Toronto. So it's like I'm a Torontonian here and there. Like I'm, I wouldn't say I'm from like, even though like childhood, everything is from Mississauga. There's nothing in Mississauga that I would say that has really shaped me to be who I am today. Other than just figuring out what I don't want in life and that a lot of that is in Mississauga, you know? Yeah. No, I understand uh, what you mean and all that. I mean, Mississauga actually does have, like, a lot of, like, dope artists and all that. They have, like, Party Next Door and all that. Mm -hmm. They have... um junior t and all that they also have like ram riddle red ram riddles and all that ali uh, gati and also you know arps you know like he just signed to like warner music canada and all that and i think mississauga right now they actually do have a very dope scene right now and all mm. that i kind of get it from the perspective of how it might not be the best like when it comes to the underground too but i feel like it does have like some good artists here and there too and i think yeah. it's improving from what it was before with like square one and the condos and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Like when it comes to Mississauga, it's like all those artists are great. It's perfectly great in their space. But like an artist like me, like some, someone who's like raw, someone who wants to captivate an audience with all these new brash ideas. I feel like Mississauga just doesn't cater to me. And like, that's how I felt my whole life. You know, like I always felt like, there was no, there was like nothing for me, you know, like, and it's crazy because it's like when a black guy wants to rap and there's no space for that in the music scene, and it's like, what, like, who, who, who am I at that point, you know? Yeah, nah. So it's just like I never fit in with with, with even the 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 African American community. So it was just like finding my fitting is just like. It was so hard. Like the punk, I would say the punk scene in in Mississauga is like I don't even know if there is because it's just. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. I know what you mean, man. And, you know, what were you like uh, from the start of birth until, like, adults and all that? Uh, When I was, like, a child, right, I told myself at a very young age, okay, so you can, like, I have to do something, and I have to do it to the best of my ability. And I gave myself two options. Join the entertainment industry or become a superhero. And I really wanted to be a superhero, but I told myself, let me get rich in the entertainment industry and then become a superhero later. So moving onwards, I sort of um, found my fitting within film and I sort of used that to like create my own world, you know, and I felt like with film, there's like all these different options and stuff when it comes to showing people what you are and like who's your story, you know, and I feel like music plays a big part in that. And I didn't realize that until like, High high school when I actually like paid attention to like music theory and like figuring out like different keys and like scores and stuff. And then other than that, it just started like progressing into me making my own songs. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just start rapping, you know? And I remember my first rap actually was from a Sailor Moon theme song remix. <laughs> and I was just like, why not try that out, you know? But... Other than that, you know the vibe. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean, man. Were you big into anime, like, as, like, a kid and all that? You know, just, like, with the shows? Like, I mean, there's, like, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Digimon. Was I big into anime? <laughs> oh, <this> is... <sighs> Was I big <laughs> into anime? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I am a One Piece fan at heart. Yeah, I am a Gurren Logan fan at heart. I am a Death Note fan at heart. 
Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for anime. I would say, like, I love anime. Oh, and, um, yeah, anime always gave me, like, a comfort when it comes to just watching people get beat up and stuff, you know? And it was fun, you know? But, yeah, other than that, yeah, anime, animation in general, wow, honestly, true. you know? But, yeah. yeah. So if you had to pick, like, an era on which had, like, the be- like the better anime and all that, like, old school or, like, new school and all that, the old school being, like, shows, like, I think Gundam and all that, and, like, I think, you know, old school, like, Pokemon and all that, and uh, also, I think this uh, other one, too, that I, like, the big O and all that, that I'm recently, like, watching right now, which is, like, pretty dope, or would you say, like, the new school era, like, in that sense? Mm. I would say, if I would have to choose... I'm more of an old school guy only because I never kept up with anime during the new school era. And every time when I see something, I'm just like, it's basically the same thing as the old school, but like with like new costumes and new this, new that. Like when you really break it down, a lot of these animes are just like, I'm going to work hard until uh, my knuckles bleed and then I'll have enough power to like break the planet earth or something, you know? Like, <laughs> nah, like no uh, man. Yeah, yeah but too. other than that, you know, it's a vibe. Yeah, man. And um, I know that you talked about, like, creating, like, your first song or your first rap song uh, for the Sailor Moon remix theme song and all mm. that and, like, getting into, like, MTV and other sounds, too. But what was, like, what were, like, your other, like, introductions to music at first and who were, like, some artists or genres you listened to, like, growing up aside from, like, Katy Perry? Um, shoot. Growing up, I felt like I never really connected with the artist until I listened to Donald Glover. I feel like... Donald Glover has really, without Donald Glover, I wouldn't know who I am, you know? Because, like, saying I literally came from walking down the street and, like, I was a kid. So, like, everything is, like, traumatizing if it's done right, you know? So it's just, like, I was walking down the street. I saw my own people. They would look at me and just go, like, yo, what are you wearing? Because I used to wear, like, a fanny pack or shit, you know? And just, like, like, I, I would constantly get rejected by, like, every form of the community. I always felt so weird to a point where it's, like, I'm too white for the black kids and too black for the whites. And then it's just like, I never really found my fitting. And and then I felt like Donald Glover was like that fitting for me, you know? And he's so popular now, like his kind, like my kind is so popular now, which is just insane to me. Cause it's like, I wish I grew up now, you know? Cause then I would definitely be like different. But like, other than that, you know, it's just like Donald Glover really, shine something in me that really showed me what to do you know too. yeah man i mean a lot of his projects were like very amazing too camp was like very good i mean the royalty mixtape that was actually one of my favorites you know Fire. just like with the songs alone yes i think sir. it's like better than like a lot of other projects too even though because the internet is also like another dope project too i think it's like more revered you know because of the style and all that so mm-hmm. but yeah no nah, like Donald's been going hard at it lately, you know. Yeah, so. bro. Royalty was like, bro. I used to listen to Royalty so much. Like that one song with Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. Well, I forgot the name, but like, bro, One yeah. Up. I th- I think that's the name. Yeah. Something like that. It was fire. Yeah, fire. Yeah, my favorite one was like with him and I think Danny Brown and all that. Like from that Royalty mixtape, like just like the beat alone was like just like fire and all that. To be honest. Yeah, bro. It's just like nerds that rap, bro. Like we we, we got some shit to say yeah. too, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know like what you damn. mean, man. Nah, for sure. And um, what was like your musical background in history like? Mm, musical background. It's so funny because like when it comes to music, 
I only have like one family member. Actually, okay. I have two family members that are technically within the music industry. I have one uncle who owns like a sound entertainment industry like thing with like setting up sound for like events and stuff. And he like he really rocks with like working with other artists, throwing events, you know, just like the it's a good thing, you know, and it's for like reggae, music and stuff, dance halls, super cool, super fun. And then other than that, my aunt was actually a singer called Carrie Ann Scorpion. And I remember seeing her and then being like, oh, yo, this is cool. But like it, it didn't really change my life, you know, but it was just like it was it was it was cool. But like everything musically around me was mostly centered around like reggae and stuff. And I found like I find now that like I have a new appreciation for reggae more now than like before because before it was like I was being forced to listen to it you know I find that with like a lot of things I think I'm just growing up or something you know because like same thing with soup like I used to be forced to eat soup and then now I'm just like oh it's whatever but yeah just like reggae music all that I grew up around like just like a a lot of reggae honestly like there wasn't anything else that was playing in my house but other than that I was really just like Whenever I listen to anything, it would always just come from, like, different forms of media, like wrestling, movies, TV shows, anime, you know. It it never really came from, like, straight from the source, you know. And I appreciate that because it's sort of like when a song hits you, it... It's like you're not thinking about the artist. You're not thinking about the numbers. You're not thinking about if it's popular or not. You're just thinking how it makes you feel, you know. And, like, that feeling stuck with me. And, like, that's what I really want to do now is just make music that just changes people, you know? No, I understand, too, man. Yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean, too. And I think just, like, even with the uniqueness of a sound, like, it just, like, kind of goes in within, like, what you're going to do and, like, knowing on how that approach, like, kind of works out, too. And, you know, just, like, (laughs) even with this whole, like, idea, like, right now, um, what inspired you to become, like, a rapper, an artist, and, like, even, like, taking it seriously and all that? Mm, when it comes to just, like, taking rap seriously, I remember for the longest time I never took it seriously because it was just, like, my space wasn't providing that encouragement, you know, that, like, a rapper really needs. Because a lot of rap is, like, ego and a lot of self-belief, you know? And if, like, starting off the gate, I can, like, people who just start off rap and really take it seriously, good on them. Cause that, that, that's just like ridiculously hard. Like I like what had me take rap seriously would have to be the pandemic, you know? Cause the pandemic locked me in my room for so long to a point where I'm all like for my whole, like for majority of my life up until now, I've been making choices for other people. And I always felt that like, why am I doing that? Like, why am I not making choices for me? I'm like, I literally, everybody that I was afraid of, I wasn't even seeing them anymore, you know? So it was just like, let me just take a step forward and then just take my music seriously, use all the skills that I have and tell stories and really try and grip an audience, you know? And ever since then, you know, it's just like a lot of it came from just like self-belief and also breakups <laughs> that thank you to my last girlfriend in high school because 
if I didn't break up with her, I wouldn't take rap as seriously. Cause that's I a lot of it came from if I'm being honest, a lot of it came from just wanting to be like, oh, you broke up with a famous rapper. I guess you're dumb. But no hate, but like, yeah, just like <laughs> stuff like that, you know yeah, what I mean? I think like with breakup music or just like, you know, dissing my ex music is like very interesting too, just like even within the concept too. I mean, scissor had a song where, you know, Kill Bill and all that, where she's like, you know, I might kill my, my ex. ex. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and like, I mean, Blueface and like Krishan, I mean, Krishan just like dropped a song with uh, Lil Mabu and all that, like the New York uh, drill rapper who was like a white kid who graduated like a private from a, a private school and all that. Oh, yeah. Lil yeah. <laughs> Malibu. Oh, yeah. my God. I don't even know where to start with that guy. I mean, good on him, you know, like, like, the thing about media in general, everything is so precise to a point yeah. where there's like there's like a million groups, there's a million niches, and I guess people just want to be want to listen to whatever now. And like, congrats to Lil Malibu for finding an audience. The audience is not me, but <laughs> nah, I understand yeah, too, man. Yeah. But getting into your sound uh, right now, who are you like mainly influenced by in terms of like, artists and genres, and who would you like to work with someday, like musically? Mm. That's a good question. See, like with me, music is like, I wouldn't want to work with someone who I really, really like, like ASAP Rocky for sure. Like, cause like, I love his music. I love everything about him. But like, dude, it's just like, I don't think I could vibe with him in a studio, you know? <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if I could vibe with someone like ASAP Rocky, even though I really fuck with it. But if I have to say anybody that I would like to work with, it would have to be, hmm. I would like to work with like a Denzel Curry, uh, Paris, Texas, uh, someone who's like up and coming, you know, someone who could like, I could just vibe with in a studio, you know, that doesn't have like a giant like weight on them, you know, and this is like, because like when I think about it, I, would I want to make a song with Kendrick? Like a part of me? Yes. But like right now, I I feel like I would mm -hmm. rather work with someone that's like, coming up you know someone who's like really doing their thing so yeah, yeah just like <laughs> just, just all the up-and-comer like big rappers yeah. nothing nothing crazy yeah, man. but yeah yeah i definitely see you working with like jpeg mafia and all that yeah Jaleel, like he's also like pretty dope too right. um there's like this uh artist uh from montreal named like backwash who kind of makes like you know, dark like rap music, you know, dark horrorcore like hip hop music and all that. Backwash. And, you know, yeah, like Fire. they actually have like a unique sound that like really that comes with it. Um I definitely see you maybe maybe with Xavier Wolf or Chris Travis too, like depending on the vibe too. Mm. Ski Master Some God as well too. I think but he might fit into that big artist too because he's yeah. already like up there like with ASAP Rocky and Kendrick, but He's not really technically like he's still working with like small artists too and all yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel that, bro. Like literally, I was down in New York, right? And not to say anything about meeting big artists, if I don't actually feel anything from them, like I saw a gunner and everybody was like chasing him. Everybody was like begging to see Gunna. And I was just standing there and I like I could care less because like not one Gunna song has like moved me, you know, but I saw Denzel Curry just walking down the street, no security, no nothing. And I just have to, I had to run up to him and tell him everything that I was thinking. Like every, like, cause like Denzel Curry is someone that I respect 
a lot in music, you know, because one, he's doing it independently. Two, he puts on like real rappers, like someone who like really like like cares about, about their craft and stuff, you know. So it's just like Denzel Curry, I real I like I was moved by it and I had to just like say my piece. But other than that, just like I'm not really moved by anybody who's like too mainstream, you know? Like if I saw Justin Bieber, I would Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean, man. And you know, usually for like first time listeners, how would you like describe your music to them and what can they expect from you like when they listen to it? Mm, first time listeners. I would say hmm, expect a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, just like cause like oh so much of my songs, I feel like I'm always like bouncing around and trying different things. And I feel like so much of my songs just come from energy, you know, and I really try and like pinpoint like the, the music into like something crazy. Like if I would have to suggest one song, if 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 someone would have to listen to like one song that I never listened to my music before, I would suggest Hippo. Like Hippo is like honestly my best produced song like ever it, to this day. Like I still think about it and it's like I as soon as I heard the melody that my boy Drip Kid Dre, I mean Dre made this made, like 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 when he made that melody, I was just like instantly hooked. I was like, yo, I gotta really, I gotta do like justice to this beat, you know? It was it was, it was just one of those times, you know? Yeah, no, I know what you mean, man. And you know, like even with this whole like sound too, like how do you describe your creative process like when making music and what would like a day in the studio be like? Mm, a day in the studio is a lot of playing the same like bro when i tell you it's so annoying i wish it was like something that's like crazy fun and energetic but like a lot of the time it's like ah i sound weird i need to i need to rewrite my lyrics i need to do it's a lot of pre-planning for like the first half of the beat and as soon as i get like a good chorus and verse down then the rest just like comes but like a lot of it just like comes from just like mumbling on the beat and be like like that like it's all about the melodies for me because like if i get a good melody then i can write good lyrics to that melody and then create a sonically perfect sound you know and that's what i feel like a lot of people need to pay attention to which is like find something that sounds good but still hits hard you know because i don't want people to say nonsense but if you're saying something it has to sound good you know i feel like a lot of people just say stuff and then yeah. <laughs> you know no i know what you mean too i, I know with some people too they kind of like play with like different setups and all that with like the lighting and all that some people bring like ca- a candle to the studio and all that too some people like kind of blaze up and kind of like sip liquor and all that or like get food and eat like mm. what's your like style like when you're in the studio mm, uh, lock myself in my room until i get super sweaty and then I take like a 15 minute breather and then I lock myself back in the room. Like, bro, when I tell you, it's the energy, bro. It's yeah. like you lock yourself in your room. You're going to be just smelling yourself. You're going to be like, you're like all that energy is going to be surrounding you and you're going to go insane. And then that's what's going to like perfectly translate into the music, at least for me, you know, because like my music is crazy so it's like like when, when, when it comes to me i usually just lock myself in a room and say you're not going anywhere until you finish this freaking song and i'm like okay yeah. but yeah like it's a lot of yeah, just man. like just like crazy energy but no, yeah for sure you know and you know i actually wanted to ask uh, how did you get your stage name 
uh, my like studio. No, your stage name. Like how oh, stage name. Oh, it literally came from. Okay, there's this really cool YouTuber, R.I.P. Etika, and um, he made this one song called. Can I say the N word here? No. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was, I was thinking the whole time, like, do I cuss her out? But um, yeah, he he made this one song called Nigga Moon, which is a parody to Sailor Moon. And then I made like while I was like practicing lyrics and stuff, I remember this in high school. I'm like, yo, I want to make something fun. So he made a video to Nigga Moon, and I'm like, yo, Nigga Moon sounds cool. I wonder what it'll be like for like. Calvin Moon. So I made a song for Calvin Moon, and then the rest is history. I'm like, I like how Calvin Moon sounds, you know? Because before, my stage name was trash. It was like some shit like Canadian Dragon. That sounds like a PS4 name, <laughs> like a PSN or something, bro. Ugh. But yeah, just like Calvin Moon sort of always just rung off the tongue for me because it's something that's like you could scream it at the top of your chest, be all like, Calvin fucking Moon, you know, he's here to stay. And then you could also be like, yo, Calvin Moon, he's sort of like, he's chill, he's nice. It's something that's sweet and like still like pointy at the tip, like you know? Small yeah, <laughs> it's just like, I, I like it, I, it sticks, you know? Non-100% <laughs> too, you know? And did you even like make a music video uh, for that track? Uh, Did I make a music video for what? For uh, Calvin Moon. Oh, for nah, that's uh-huh. <laughs> unreleased, bro. That's not. It's not seeing the nothing. <laughs> Yo, I think like when that when that gets uh, released, you gotta have like a music video and all that, and mm. you gotta have like a Sailor Moon like look alike like in that video and all that. Like I uh. think that would kind of make it like interesting too and all that. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> kind of like bustify her and all that. You yeah, know, I got that way. Anime waifus. I see you. He's a man of culture. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, man. Uh, for sure. For sure. You know, and. Um, get more onto this like uh process out right now i actually want to ask this like question first how is it like you know experiencing you know how was your experience immersing into the toronto music scene were there ever like any opportunities for you to branch out and interact with any artists in the toronto scene like aside from like asking promoters to like be in those shows and all that Mm, oh dude when i tell you i think with covid it was a blessing in disguise when it comes to the music scene because a lot of people we're starting at different times, right? But then COVID put everybody at stop. And then when, as soon as we got the green light to do something, that's when everybody was just starting at the same time. And that's when we all started to notice each other and notice each other's crafts and really build a movement, you know? If I have to say anybody outside of rap that I still respect in music to this day, it would have to be like a band like Sophia side, you know? Like I, like I saw them, on like the rooftop show and i like this was back when i was like okay i'm gonna perform soon i gotta make sure i have crazy energy but like i don't know what i'm supposed to do at like my level am i supposed to come on stage introduce myself say hello everybody hope everybody's doing good say some jokes say something but like when when i tell you they literally came on on stage and just said fuck it and then just like went straight into their music and like Ever since then, I was like, bro, I got to just, like, do my own thing and really just, like, focus on the music side of my performance, you know? And the other the other things just come with it, you know, when it comes to fashion, style, anything. I just, yeah, like, man. I'm just having fun with it, you know? And, yeah, but, like, other than that, like, the, the whole Toronto scene, there's so much gems. There's, like, Kean Gannon with photos. There's Jetlag with, with sick photos, too. There's... Ali, he's my uh like my homeboy that I went on tour with. There's my b- 
bit like my big homie Dre made this. He's a producer. Got all the homies in like who who else? Sorry if I'm forgetting anybody. Six Dead, Winter Skies, No Status. He's also my homie. He's gonna kill me that I I didn't say his name first. But other than that, all my homies, man. Like literally. Everybody in the scene, I just love how everybody's sort of connecting each other. And something that I pay attention to, at least, is just whenever I see an opportunity, I just put people on, you know? Like, I just, like, tell people, like, hey, you should do this, you should do that. Like, unsighted with hosting, like, Quota Toronto shows. Like, I told Quota Toronto that they should get unsighted as a host. And before, I don't even know if he was doing hosting before, but, like, I saw unsighted, like, I I booked unsighted cited for a show like one of my shows no status right and the way that he was interacting with the crowd i'm like bro this guy is fire like he's funny he's great he's energetic (laughs) you know he's sick so i'm like bro quoted you you need to get your game up get unsighted you know and like i was just so happy to see that he was actually enjoying it he was taking it seriously like artists who take their craft seriously there's still fun in that you know there's no i feel like it's less fun when you half-ass things you know which is insane, you know, because yeah, no. it's like, yeah, but other than that, you know, it's just like, if I have to say anything, it's just any, if you're in the scene, you got to put people on, yeah, like man. we got to build each other and build a strong connection. Yeah, just let all of our egos take a break yeah. and just yeah. <laughs> do your yeah, thing, man. you know? And I definitely agree too with the whole, like, you know, your stance on like how the, co- like how COVID helped like a lot of Toronto artists, like kind of get into the like lane and all that too, because when I first started, like, hearing more about what's going on with the pandemic and in regards to, like, the artists and all that, too, like, there were, like, artists, like, you know, Dom Valley, like, posting music on TikTok that kind of blew up, you know, people like Free Four Seven Eight and, you know, dropping music, you know, blowing up on TikTok and all that. And, like, also, like, other ones that just kind of come here and there and all that. Um, This guy named uh, Talk and all that who had uh, run away to Mars and all that, he started off as, like, a TikTok artist and then kind of became big from there and then... Then it lets like other artists from other scenes like becoming big, you know, with the whole like underground wave and all that, and how it's like encapsulating within the Toronto sound too, with like, you know, people like 10K Moss and all that, you know, people within the quoted Toronto scene yeah, with sure. uh, Bartlett House and like a whole lot, a lot of other groups like Studio One Four Five, and it just became bigger and better than ever, you know. Yeah, bro, you really know your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, shout out you, bro. Yeah, yeah man, <laughs> nah, right. for sure, you know. And to even speak more about your genre blending style of infusing trap metal and like hip-hop and rap and all that what made you decide on infusing those genres together in your music and if it appealed more to like different audiences and all that it's so funny like literally it was a moment in my time like in my like with making music where i would be rapping and i would have to make sure i don't like make too much noise because i live in a black household I'm going to get my ass beat if I, if I cause a ruckus. So, um, but yeah, I started rapping at my friend's house, right? And they would always tell me like, oh, did you just keep it down a little bit? Like, they were still homies, you know? It was my boy Dre. So, like, we're still homies, but it was just like, I, I got to keep my voice down. So, I always talked with, like, like I, I was always rapping with like, oh, yeah, this is what I say, yada, yada, yada. And I would always rap like this because, like, I, I just had to, you know? And then at some point, people started calling me monotone when I was rapped. And I was like, bro, that irritated me. And I was just like, ah, I just need to try out to just, like, really letting out my crazy side because I had all that built-up energy from before, you know? So um, I remember the day I started to yell in my songs was... 
My mom left the house. I was home alone. My friend Cameron from Connie, shout out Connie, he posts on his story a song. That song's from Baby Keem. Baby Keem, like, you know Baby Keem. His energy is, like, infectious, you know? He's, he's like, he, he's just doing his thing. He's yelling. And I felt like, for, for me, coming from someone who has, like, such a high-pitched voice and stuff, and, like, it, it was cool to hear, like, someone like Baby Keem on a track. So I was like, yo, let me try, like, yelling on a track, you know? And I have nothing to lose. I tried that, and that, my... My first song that I did that was like Be Tardy. And then ever since then, I just started like the the pathway started just making itself. And I started to hear new ways to yell, to make music, you know. And yeah, I just started to do that, you know. And my parents eventually caught note of it. They were chill about it now. They know that, hey, he's doing his thing, you know. Like when they, I feel like something that they can't deny is when they saw me open for Afro man and then see the crowd when I was doing my thing, you know, that like, that's when it's like, okay, we can say anything we want, but like, this guy's definitely doing something, you know, <laughs> like he's not doing nothing. Yeah, man. I'm yeah. Too. And you know, even with projects uh, that you have uh, right now, I mean, my angel, like Deborah, it's actually like a pretty interesting project that I've actually like listened to too. Um, everyone's like cool in the new. It's like also like pretty amazing too. And like, what were like the creative process of like those projects as well as like, avant-garde hood classic and like you know calvin's like afterlife and the invisible and all that all right okay so starting with calvin the invisible that was literally made with like i think a film pro like a film editing software um, it was very it was one of those days where i was listening to like a lot of claro a lot of bedroom pop and i started to experiment with just like making fun happy nice chill music you know and then Calvin's Afterlife was like middle of the pandemic. So before I actually started to do anything with my music, I still like this. This was at like I have periods in time. Right. So th at that point, I started to I thought that the way to make it into the industry was to pay a large amount of money for like features and stuff. Right. So I paid for a feature from like Retro Spectro. Do you know who that is? I, you, yeah, you, you, I bet you, you know who it is when I like tell you like a description, like, do you know that one guy who does like peace sign and then he disappears? Oh yeah. yeah black guy. Yeah, yeah. Him, bro. I got him on a track. <laughs> like he, like he gave me, like I paid $500 and he gave me this huge thing where he's all like, yo, I'm a, I'm a shout you out on my page. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Didn't do any of this. And he just left me with a cool verse. He, 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 like the verse is still slap, but like, bro, I was like, bro, you ain't gonna shout me out or nothing. Like, I just, ugh. Anyway, he still followed you on IG, right? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's depressing times, brother. Depressing times, but don't worry. It's a, it's a pathway of self worth, bro. It's a pathway, you know. So, like, bro, when I tell you the amount of money that I spent on features, it was. Ugh. Like, I, at least I would say my well-spent feature would have to be a cool rapper coming from New York called Gab the Sandbox. He's dope. He's cool. He followed me on IG. He shouted out the song. He did his due, due diligence. I feel like that's what you need to do as, like, a, a feature, you know? Just do the bare minimum. But, yeah, other than that, God. <laughs> Moving from the Calvin Afterlife, I started to experiment with my sound with my Andrew Debra. And at that point, I was just always thinking about how 
like it, w- it was a lot from the breakup if i'm being honest like if you can hear it in the name my angel deborah yeah, <laughs> but, yeah it was just like a lot like um a lot of that just came from okay now is the time to make something that's gonna show off how cool you are and that she missed out on leaving you for some white guy you know that this was the moment you know and i really took myself seriously on that like album and i really tried to make music that i like to listen to you know so i made all types of stuff with like we got like some heavy trap metal and then i sort of mixed around with like just like pure punk shit like with like i'm so shit face you know and like other than that it sort of just made itself like its own thing you know i sort of felt like i started to understand the album more as time goes by because like at first i was i was still in like the problem i was still thinking about how like like I was just treating myself like trash, you know, and like I just needed some like some creative output and like that album did me so much justice. So thank you to all the women that broke my heart in high school cuz you guys has you guys made a cool album with my angel Deborah. So that's to all of you. That's the only credit y'all going to get. <laughs> other than that, um shit. Um I feel like with Everybody's Cooler Than You, it was really my album t- for me, you know? It was my album that I wanted to create for myself, something that I would be proud of. And I really put my all into it, you know? Like, I tried every... Like, it, it was, like, less of, like, trying new things and more of, like, knowing what I'm doing, you know? So I really honed in on all my skill sets, and I really tried to make something that was, like heavy hitting and I think I succeeded for the most part even though I feel like I could have done a little bit better in some parts that pick up the slack but like that's with every artist you know but like bro when I tell you like everybody's cooler than you I'm I get proud I get more proud each day that that album came out and I like when more people start listening to it and realize that like I'm one of the sickest rappers to come from Toronto well there you go (laughs) but uh other than that you know everybody's cooler than you Sick as fuck. And then avant-garde hood classics sort of just snuck up on me, you know? Because, like, at that point, I made everybody's cooler than you. And I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Take a break or something? And I'm like, no, just, like, just make something. Just make an EP. See what happens. And then I felt like when I actually released it, I was like, dude, this is actually pretty, like, like, I still think about how the hell am I supposed to top avant-garde, like, hood classic? Because it's just, like, for me, it's, like, it's short, but it's like too like so much on the point where like the beat selection, like my vocal delivery, everything is just like I fuck with it heavy. I feel yeah. like I'm just meat riding myself. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> Other than that, yeah. you know, fuck. Yeah. But yeah, just like I feel like with Avant Guard Hood Classic, I was really just like it snuck up on me because it was everything that was left from everybody's cooler than you, and it sort of just like manifesting into something better and all yeah that. And you know I'm just sensitive. like pinpointing you yeah know? and you know for two things that i could say like in regards to like features and all that too these are just like kind of like a little bit of my of my advice too and all that if you're gonna pay for a feature too, <laughs> reach out to the manager first and all that then yeah. the artist too because artists can like take that money and you know they go like young bands with it and 
never even like pay for a top five feature like in your life bro. because you're gonna get scammed for that bro I li- like bro retro spectro at least he gave me a verse i paid like like i think like 200 for a feature and i didn't even get a verse bro i just got a, oh sorry i'm still working on the song and i'm like bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> like to this day he still didn't send me this i was yeah. like <laughs> always reach out to the manager yeah, come on bro. man god damn ah, but 100 uh, too you know and um you know, getting more onto like the whole like fan base like aspect uh, right now. How did you manage to grow your fan base from the start of your career until now? And what were like some ways or practices to initiate that growth and like maintaining that fan base? It really just comes from just being a down to earth guy. I feel like nowadays so much people want to go Hollywood so fast to a point where like they don't enjoy the times where they can just walk down the street and maybe someone will notice you. You know, so like with me, I always just like to be down to earth with my fans. If anybody talks to me about my music, I'll be like, yo, that's so dope that you know me from music. You know, like I had I remember I was I was doing a show for Connie, which is a sick ass band, bro. Like their music fires. They only have one song. And it's, it's already a classic. But fucking um, I was doing a show for Connie. I just finished my set. One of my sickest sets, I believe. Like, the crowd was fucking insane. Like, it was, like, it was one of those times where the crowd was, like, actually, like, yelling my lyrics. And I was, like, bro, like, this, like, it's a whole another level for me at that point. So then I'm done finished. Like, I'm done the set. Go outside. Take a breather. Someone walks up to me and says, yo, I went to, like, three of your shows already. And I just wanted to say, like, good job. Like, keep it up, bro. Like, your shit's, like, fire. Like, they always, they always say how good I'm doing. And then they all they always followed up with like talking about like talking shit about some next artist or something. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, I know like this guy was talking shit on like Earl sweatshirt or something, but I was just like, yeah, yeah, it's whatever, you know, yeah, we're two different niggas, you know, but 100% too. yeah, bro. Were you ever at that point where you actually had that chance to sign like some tits and like some ass and all that, you know, like girls coming up to you. Hey, can you like sign my tits and all that type uh, of stuff? <laughs> No, not yet, brother. Not yet. It's coming. It's coming, but <laughs> get your tits and ass ready. It's coming. <laughs> I swear uh, to God. No, but yeah, like literally, I feel like if I, I feel like Afroman was the biggest opportunity for that. But you know, I was sort of just like I was chilling that night. Yeah, so I, didn't I mean, they were there that. for like Afroman and all that. Yeah, so. you know, I didn't want to do too crazy. But if I have to say anything, some people were were eyeing me down because I had a whole thing where I took my shirt off and stuff, and I'm like. If I really, if I really wanted to, it would have happened. But it's coming, it's coming, and I, and, my, and I have such a sick signature for it too. Like <laughs> so, like I, I'll, I'm always waiting for that. But yeah, hundred percent too, man. And I know you had like a tour, like you know that you just like had like a while back to the Gorilla Gorilla tour and all that. You were like in Kingston, Hamilton, Toronto, I think Oshawa too, and like I think Montreal as well too. So mm. how did that come about, and how was it like you know performing all over? Yeah, and- bro, we went to. Ottawa, Montreal, and yeah, Toronto. Oh yeah, and Kingston. Yeah, and Kingston. I always forget Kingston because Kingston was the most dead show. It was literally like it was like some old ass people and like they're they're like it was like a family was watching me just like cuss and be a rapper. I was like, what the hell? It was, what's going on? Yeah. It was so it was still a vibe, but like oh my, I was not expecting that, bro. But yeah, Kingston was a vibe, but um. Tour in general, it was definitely, I got a taste of touring and I just like, I loved it. Like, I just like, because it's like when you're going city to city, playing different people, knowing that they're going to your show only in this place because it's like, it's, it's, it's like they're Toronto, you know? And it's just like, 
help spreading the underground around like other parts of Canada is like so vital to the Canadian music industry, you know? And I feel like this is where I feel like Canada sort of like loses their grip with artists when it comes to the forefront because it's like they always want to put on an artist who they give a shit ton of money to to make some mid-song for the music like videos and the the deals, all this yada, yada, yada. And it just doesn't touch anybody, you know? It just doesn't. Nobody's feeling, for me at least, like I'm not really getting moved by anybody. And I'm just saying that like on a personal note, like our scene could be popping right now if we were government funded, but everything is just coming out of pocket from everybody, yeah, you know? Man. And that's just because like Pete, like Canada doesn't want to, yeah, yeah they, they don't want to invest in like that real shit. They want to invest in like some pretty boy or whatever, but moving past that, like I feel like when it comes to the underground, the underground is taking care of itself and it's doing a damn good job and it's only going to go up from there, yeah, you know? It's no, only going to go up. Yeah, man. I mean, and I think for you, like you actually took in the effort to actually go within those like other like cities and all that. There's like not a lot of like Toronto artists like even at your level. Like even there's like others that have like more followers than you that haven't even like did like a 10 or 15 city tour and all that. You like with the amount of followers and like style you have, you know, you actually made that effort. So I kind of have to give, give like props yeah. on you and all that, you know? So, and like for a lot of like Toronto artists out there, you know, that aren't on that aspect of touring, go go hit up every other city, make your like stops and all that. And, you know, make sure it's fire and all that, you know? Exactly. Let's see if that fan base goes there and all that either way. Exactly. You know? Don't be scared to play a dead show. You know, that's the last yeah. thing you need to do. Be scared to play a dead show. When I tell you, I played so much dead shows to a point where it's like, I don't care. I'm still going to do my thing. People are still going to vibe. There's going to be at least one person that I touch, you know? Yeah, and it just comes from just, like, being a down-to-earth person and just fuck, just, just fucking vibing, you know? Yeah, like, everybody's so scared. It's yeah, man. Like, and <laughs> if Calvin can do it, you know, so can you, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Even if it's, like, a dead show, you know, you got to make it work either way. No? Exactly. If a nerdy dark skin with a fanny pack <laughs> could rap and, yeah. se and sell out shows mm. and then the next day play a dead show for somebody's grandma... Come on, bruv. What are you doing? What <laughs> yeah, are you doing? What, what are they doing? I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, what were like some interesting, crazy tour stories you had? And what were like some do's and don'ts for an artist like on tour that you'd like to share? Ah, uh, crazy tour stories. Okay. Oh, if I have to say anything, definitely think about what you're eating. Because you cannot survive on like only Oreos or junk food for so long. Because... When I tell you touring, I ate so much junk food. It was just like, and then it was just so much driving on top of that. I was just like, oh my God, I'm dying. And then when I go on stage, it doesn't help me. You know, I still did my thing, but like, it was like, bro, like, <laughs> I, like I think when it comes to health, focus on eating good on tour. Just, just, just like, just, just like calm down. Don't do nothing crazy. You know, it's not a vacation. It's act, it's work, you know? Um, yeah. But other than that, just like um, always try and touch one person. Always like like with your music, please. <laughs> it was like yeah, always try and like vibe with one person. You know, you have to at least get one fan from each show in like a different city, and you're doing your job. You know, yeah. don't don't be too hard on yourself. You know, because it's like of course nobody like you're not gonna sell out a, like a whole like a big stage or something yeah. with with an artist that like nobody knows in your city 
but it's okay because you get that one, two, three person, and that one, two, three can turn into like at least mm, 150 exactly. the next time, you know, and, and then it just keeps growing through there. And that's how you make your fan base. That's how you actually create something that's like valid. You know, I feel like so much of our music is so like to the algorithm and it's just like there's so much injustice when it comes to the spotlight, you know. Yeah. And I feel like when it comes to the spotlight, the people deserve to listen to something that they actually like, you know. Yeah. And I don't want to come from like someone who's like a hater, but like for Pete's sake, if you like there's like it's just like if I can say anything, just I wish that we could pay more attention to creating art for the meaning of art instead of creating art for the meaning of like just like making money and stuff you know and then just like for like the attention for everything that comes with making great art you have to make the great art you can't skip the great art to do all the cool stuff you know because the cool stuff is cool but like you have to deserve it you know yeah man no i'm sent to you know and you know i feel like there's always like the stigma for like non-street artists and like female artists like in toronto too that you have to actually like have some like meaning to your music in order for people to like listen to it you know because Mm. when people think about like the toronto underground and the toronto music scene they think you know smoking on your dead ops and all that or Mm. you know doing a drill in the lane and all Mm. that or in the Vern and all this like type of stuff and all that and all this like foolishness and all that too and you know for you how do you even feel about like that sense do you ever feel like there's like a stigma for those like artists and what to be recognized and like taken seriously as opposed to like Toronto street artists and what can we do to remove that stigma and like shed more light on them? Bro, when I tell you to remove the stigma, we need actual attention to the hip hop scene. Cause I tell you all these people that are giving money to a quote unquote hip hop artists or whatever, they don't even listen to hip hop themselves. They don't even listen to the music that they're so-called supporting. They're like, bro, they're the same people to be all like, oh, my friends don't really like rap. So uh, I don't really think we could do that. Like, I never heard like a music genre get so much like shade for just existing than it's rap, bro. Like rap is just the number one thing that is just always just like, People either really fuck with it, will defend it with their whole heart, or you're going to, like, get, like, just, like, an insecure, like, oh, I don't know if I like this, you know? This is, like, about, like, smoking on your dead ops and, like, dead people and, like, I don't want to die, you know? I'm, like, I care about my life. And I'm, like, bro, there's so much to hip-hop. You just have to pay attention. There's so much sub-dramas. There's so much, especially today, like, with what I said with, like, so much, like, accuracy when it comes to pinpointing who you are and what you like, you know? Like, there's so much different stuff that comes from hip-hop. To say that it's not, like, to, to not give it its proper flowers is so infuriating, you know? Yeah. It's just, I too. Cause I, You know, even, like, with some people, too, like, even, like, in high school, too, like, there was, like, kids, like, back then that would talk about, like, you know, I'd rather, like, listen to a street artist, too, because it's, like, real than, you know, someone who is, like, creative and all that. And, like, yeah. it gets into the it's a weird discussion where... You know, if you don't rate, like, Pressa or Top 5 or all these other people, like, you're, like, a waste man and all that, too. Like, your music's not buzzing. You're not YG, do-do-do-do-do. But then (laughs) those people might not even be able to, like, cross, like, the border at, like, one point or another and all that. Whereas someone who isn't about that life is going to do shows in the States and all that, getting, like, different fans, like, all over. So, Bro, it's, like, its own, like, like, it's, like... It's it's like we're just trapping ourselves in a in a in a box where it's like okay, you can be popping for like five seconds, 
by like killing someone and making a song about it but like you can't leave canada uh who's gonna go to your show mostly hoodmans hopefully nothing happens over there to like <laughs> any innocent bystanders or to like yeah, anybody exactly. like that mm-hmm. like do you want people to feel safe and have fun or do you want people to be on the edge of their seat in a bad way for like oh what what is it gonna do what's gonna happen is it gonna punch somebody on stage is this ugh. Yeah. You know, just um, like, sensitive. like, come on, bro. Take it from the nerdy nigga. Just chill. Just take a chill pill. Come on. <laughs> read a book. <laughs> read, yeah, read a book. Man. Read some manga. <laughs> Something. Nah, I'm, but yeah. I'm sent to, you know, um, yo, this is like kind of like crazy, uh, too. Do you feel like your latest uh, project, Everyone's So Cooler Than You, like the hoes are like still like tapping in? Or is it going to mm. be like a process to get the hoes like uh, tapping in for a bit? Ah, man. When I tell you, ah, the hoes aren't. I'm with, I mean, I see a lot of women at my shows. More than, like, I, like when I see, say I see, I mean, I actually see women, a lot of women vibing with my music. So I think I'm a little bit safe on that. But, All like, right, when yeah. I tell you, uh, like, when that mosh pit starts, it's just niggas. <laughs> it's just, I mean, there yeah, could be that yeah. one girl, but you always hear about that girl, like, afterwards being like, yo, I just shoved the fuck out of this one tiny white girl, bro. But, like, she took it like a man. I was like, bro. Hmm. You know, but, like, you know, it's just, um, when hmm. it comes to the vibe, they can be like, I, like, girl, like, all, to all the women out there, tap in with my music. You know what you're doing. <laughs> come on, come yeah. on. It's you. You. You can shake your ass to something like to plastic friends, to hippo, to something like. Come on, like help a brother out, please. <laughs> yeah, please. facts, man. And you know, yeah. We just have these uh, few questions left. But do you have any? Do you ever have like any regrets in your life, or do you regret nothing? Regret in my life. Uh, you know, I live to this day feeling like I have no regrets. All right. But if I have to say anything, uh, uh, nah, never mind. I was gonna say something like super petty. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, <true>. yeah. <laughs> and you know, I always like say this for every other person, like on my platform, all that, like you know, starting this year and all that to get people to like tap into their like music and all that. But name free songs in your catalog that you would recommend to any person that has not heard about you before or that would like to know more about you. Like, let's say if someone from like San Francisco, like California, or like, you know, Lisbon, Portugal wants to know more about Calvin Moon. Like, mm. what tracks uh, can you like put on? Mm. Shout out Portugal. Um, definitely Hippo. I'm so shit faced and fashion kills. And I know some people are gonna hate me that I didn't say break a motherfucking neck, but that's just because everybody already knows that song, and I love that song. And you love that song. And you're going to hear about that regardless. Just searching up my name. So, Hippo. Give Hippo more love. Please. Please. But, yeah. All right, man. And uh, what do you have uh, coming up next and all that, too? And do you have any closing remarks you'd like to say? Uh, I got this new album coming out soon called UBK. I am working like a slave trying to get that shit done, you know? Like, I've, I'm applying the pressure onto myself to really make something different to make something that is like something that really moves people in a way where like someone on my level hasn't moved them and like I want with this album to just I want to pay attention to the motion of it and really create a piece that really like just moves the people and really fucks with like making a vibe you know so 
UBK, that shit's coming out soon, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be everything. It's gonna be my whole life. The ups, the downs, the times I felt like I wasn't shit to the times where I was the shit, you know? So tap in when UBK comes out. Yes, sir. Yo, and uh, where can they follow you on social media and all that? Uh, right now on Instagram, my name is Calvin, E-Z-Y. Other than that, just search up Calvin Moon on Spotify, Apple Music, Calvin Moon BB on TikTok. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of my stuff's on Instagram. And if you want the music, it's on all the platforms. And yeah, you know, all right. what's up. <laughs> That is what it is, you know. So, Calvin, you know, thank you for coming by, man. To giving, like, a dope conversation and all that. To kind of making it, like, very interesting, too. You know, we definitely shared some gems and everything else, too. Josh, also known as Yashu. You could find this on all platforms, like, wherever you, like, tap in with your podcast and all that. I don't have to, like, kind of explain more. I'm just saying check check it out with your favorite podcast platform. Or, hey, if you're on YouTube, you have a YouTube account, like, log in. Like, just tap in from there. Like, comment, and subscribe. Come on, hoes. Follow on all platforms and all that. The hoes, you know, they could tap, like, in. tap in. You got to tap in, bro. And, tap uh, in with my boy. What you doing? <laughs> yeah, on, man. Brother. And 58. 58. 58. We're almost to 60 right now. So 58. definitely, like, tap in. Signing off. <laughs> yes, sir. Fire. Fire, 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 fire. <laughs> yeah.